and welcome to Design Reaction, a podcast that explores what's next in interior design and fine art. I'm your host, Marilyn Watson Laverne, and in my work as an interior designer, I constantly witness a lot of innovations, best practices, and new technologies that contribute to luxury living. With each episode, I will take you behind the scenes to reveal new introductions in furniture, kitchen and bath, outdoor living, and fine art. I'll share my reactions to these innovations, which will lead you to more informed design decisions that will elevate your living experience. Expect to have fun on this show as I dish on the impact of design in popular culture and share my advice on experiences you can explore for yourself. If you're ready to learn more about interior design, decor, and fine art, then the Design Reaction Podcast is definitely for you. Let's go. Greetings and welcome to Design Reaction with Marilyn Laverne. I'm Marilyn Laverne, your host. Today we are talking about uh, a topic that is really very important um, to a lot of us that read uh, interior design publications and keep up with uh, news that happens in interior design. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the new cover of Architectural Digest. This is the February 2023 issue of Architectural Digest featuring the private residence of Viola Davis and her husband, whose name escapes me right this minute. What's his name? Julian. <laughs> Julian Tennant, correct. <laughs> that is the voice of my guest today. Her name is Ashley Ross. Ashley Ross is the uh, a founding, um, she's the founder of Muse Noir uh, Interiors, uh, based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome to the show today. I'm so excited. Let me tell everyone a little bit about Muse Noir. Muse Noir curates contemporary global homes for the culture, a Charlotte-based design firm reimagining residential and commercial spaces from concept to completion throughout the United States. I gather throughout the United States and abroad. You work everywhere. Is that correct? I'm dying for someone to call me from abroad, okay? <laughs> Please. I'll uh, be on the next thing smoking. I know that's right. <laughs> um, Ashley notes that our contemporary global aesthetic has been curated from the travels of, our, of, of you, our founder. Ashley, I understand you and your husband, you all have traveled pretty much everywhere around the world. Um, how many countries have you all visited so far? Oh, gosh. Um, I think we're at... 17. Uh, yeah, I think we're at 17 countries. The continents, I cannot remember, but it's maybe like five different and, continents. And is travel, did travel inspire design or did design inspire travel for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I think travel inspired design. Mm. Yeah. Ashley launched Muse Noir in 2019 in an effort to establish a firm that makes people of color Whole when they return home, uh, that is a um, an aspiration that I think so highly of, and, and it's one of the things that that has me to admire you so much in the work that you do. Uh, Ashley says we shed so much of ourselves uh, when we go out into the world to appease standards of beauty, professionalism, and decorum. So through interior design, we she means uh, Muse Noir Interiors, we introduce high performing BIPOC executives 
to the intersection of culture and interior wellness. Talk just a little bit more about what you all do in your firm. Yeah, so, I mean, you put it really simple and clear in terms of, like, the why we do it. And I think, selfishly, when I first got started, uh, it was more so about me building something that I could be 100% me in at all times. And as I went on this journey, um, I started to narrow down the type of people who I wanted to work with Mm. when I had the understanding, when I gained the understanding of how intimate interior design gets to be. And so you're in these people's home, you are fully up in their business and how they function within their home, which is so private um, and such a sacred space that I knew I wanted to be, if I was going to be that deep into people's lives, someone else's life, that that person needed to look like me, um, to, we needed to save time and having shared experiences so that, you know, it's not taking for me to go and get a PhD and (laughs) their experiences and their trauma and their outlook in life to be able to, uh, produce something that fits specifically them. And so, you know, a lot of things throughout the diaspora are very common for us. You know, you can say, I want to see myself in my home. You don't have to explain that to me. Right. Right. Like I know exactly what you mean when you say that. And so um, I think that's that's the biggest takeaway there is like, I just want us to feel whole, you know, in a perfect world, we don't have to go out and shed any part of ourselves sure. to show up. Sure. Um, but that's not the world we live in. So allow me to design the world you live in within the four or five walls that you, you will reside. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think, um, as I stated earlier, um, it is probably the, the the single most distinguishing factor about your firm um, and the kind of work that you do. So um, um, I just want you to know that myself and so many of us out here really do appreciate that there's someone who is, you know, um, a, you know, forthright in mm-hmm. uh, in in addressing some of the traumas that we as um, people of color go through in uh in using interior design as a tool to to um to combat that yeah so moving right along a couple of days ago listeners i um saw that architectural digest was featuring uh the home of julius tenon and uh viola davis um and i thought who better to talk about this project with than Ashley Ross. Um, So we're going to get started right down into it. For those of you that see this on YouTube, you will see pictures from uh, the magazine and some outtakes from the the YouTube video that Architectural Digest produced. Um, But uh, we've also seen some of the early pictures on um, Instagram and, and other social media outlets. Um, Christian, who is our uh, sound and video engineer, is going to show us some photos. Christian, can you start with the first photo that um, I shared with Ashley? And and you all that are listening or watching on video, I shared these photos with Ashley, and we're just going to react to what we see and and, um, and share as two designers, professionals, who, um, who have opinions and advice and recommendations for uh, those that are listening. 
So this first picture is from the video on uh, Instagram where the two of them are welcoming us into their home. When I first saw this, I thought to myself, this is a couple that is at ease in their home and is um, proud of what they're about to share with everyone. Did you see the video as well? I did. And literally, and I'm going to keep referencing this book because this book is so important. Yes. <laughs> to um, coming to this quote unquote conclusion, it feels like. Um, so in referencing my perspective and understanding how Viola grew up, mm -hmm. when they swung these doors open, yes. I was like... <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. But yes, I saw the video. <laughs> so you all that are listening, um, you probably, if you're a fan of Viola Davis, you know much about her her story growing up. Again, this, this actually is why I'm having this conversation with you and perhaps not another designer or other designers. I just think that um, your perspective is just so, so appropriate for this. So yeah, I felt that way too. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to being welcomed into their home. Uh, yeah. Christian, Christian um, post the next, the next photo that we have. And their tour starts in the, the den. And I'm assuming that is because that's the space that they enjoy spending the most of their time in. And um, that, you know, if we were to actually visit their home, we would visit the den first. Mm -hmm. There it is. I think they start there because it seems like the most completed space. Mm, talk about that. Yeah. So in viewing some of the other spaces, I know that they um, were going for a more contemporary um aesthetic yes and i think she mentions this from a client perspective i really think viola was speaking to the lack of clutter that contemporary <laughs> lends to yes. i don't think she really maybe she because she's an artist she's a creative that she does fully understand design and the use of the word contemporary yes but from um her standpoint of how she grew up and um, what we're seeing here, you're not going to see a ton of clutter in her house because yeah. she grew up with so much clutter. <laughs> sure. And so this space feels the most finished because she does not like a whole bunch of stuff everywhere. Right. Starting in the kitchen, I think there was like a pot on the stove and all like it's very and minimal. only that when, when we yeah. got to the kitchen. I, yeah. what I took away from this space was, um, that too, um, what you just said, you know, that, that there's not clutter there. But I get the sense that probably m most of their waking hours um, when they are at home are spent here. They spent so much time yeah. talking about the comfort of the sofa. Um, yeah. I, you know, as a designer, I, I, I probably would not have used a, a fabric printed to that, to the extent that that is. Um, mm -hmm. But I just got the impression, I mean, it's like they, they, they nearly talked over each other uh, discussing yes. the comfort of this sofa. And I was like, wow, that, yeah. must, that must be some sofa. Uh, um, Christian, can you gotta, show a picture of the sofa? Wait, I got to play devil's advocate on the sofa, though. Go for it. Go for it. So I think this is one of the better design choices. Share more. Space. Let me tell you why. So I'm familiar with... Um, some people say shoemaker. I think I'm one of those people. I think it's 
pronounced oh, Schumacher. Sh- Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Schumacher. Okay. I'll do better. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the fabric choice, you know how you bring a client like a, a sample piece of fabric? They probably loved it on the sample size, right? Yeah. Okay. I think when they saw it on the whole sofa, they probably were like, we will learn to love this <laughs> because it is a lot. Right. But I think from my, like, um, let's see, not big picture, but the high level of what, of how I feel about how this design project came about. Yes. A lot of the elements that are used feel very accessible. Yes. Um, in a person's home that is not that accessible. Right. And so I enjoy the idea of re- of shopping retail when you hire an interior designer, when your priority, the client's priority is the shipping time <laughs> or the ease yeah. of something getting to you. Yes. But if that was not the, if the priority was to get a space that feels like them, mm-hmm. then them having this custom sofa, I think is very appropriate. Yeah. Like, I, I, I have to imagine that they, you know, that they, you're right. They saw the fabric. They were like, yay, this is great. Um, it's the way they talk about the comfort of it. And and, yeah. and this brings up another question. So um, listeners, this is an issue that designers run into. Ashley, you may have run into this too. I often might present to a client, hey, look at this great fabric and here's the style of the sofa. And then the client says, well, I got to sit on it first. Yeah, I, and if I, I, I hate shopping for sofas. I, I do too. So, yeah. so here's the dilemma, listeners. Um, in order for you to sit on the sofa, we've got to go to a retail showroom, which is, that's just fine. Um, Mm -hmm. But there might be a lot of customizing that can't be done to that sofa. Um, And you may not find that there's the selection of fabrics. On the other hand, we may be able to save you some money on something custom if you are willing to extend um, the trust necessary in the designer because we don't want to sit on anything uncomfortable either. We sit on right. uh, hundreds of sofas in a short period of time, and we know the elements that will make a sofa comfortable or not comfortable. How do you, uh, Ashley, um, address that when, when that happens? Yeah, so one of the things that I found most helpful, <laughs> because everybody's comfort level is different. Absolutely. You know, like when my, we lit. okay. So before I say this, we have, when I, to the extent that I know everybody's comfort level, level is different. Yes. Is that we have a reclining chair mm. that gets pulled in and out of storage when my grandfather comes to town. <laughs> because that is the, that's extent. his chair. That is not, that is not even just from a, him feeling like, you know, I'm welcome here. I'm comfortable here, but more so for like his back, his mm. height. Um, he firmer things are more comfortable to him, whereas we want to be in like a pillow top situation. Sure, and that does is not helpful for somebody with like arthritis. Of course, where um, we you know sofas are getting a lot lower to the ground. Yeah, they nowadays. are. Yeah, and so we literally, I had to go find something. That was going to be good for him. He sits in a reclining chair at home. Mm-hmm. I would never 
purchase of reclining anything <laughs> me for my neither. home. Me neither. So <laughs> when I tell you we pull this in and out of store, like, oh, Pop-Pop's coming for Christmas. Let's go get the recliner out of storage. So me understanding him is a lot has allowed me to understand my clients because ah. I in, in full transparency, I was so annoyed with the first client that I got who did not want to buy a say yes to a sofa that they could not sit on. I was so annoyed. I was like, you go find it. Right. <laughs> it's really frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I find most helpful is going to trade shows so that we can do the sit test and we take like notes on yes. where we saw this sofa. Um and the different fabric options. There's a couple of brands um, in High Point that will allow you to swap out the level of like, you want all down feathers. Correct. Okay, you know, if you have all down feathers, it's going to look like trash. It's going gonna, it's gonna to crush down in a yeah. short period of time. Yes. It's going to be comfortable, but this is something you got to fluff every single day. Yes, you do. Um, and then there's, there's a whole myriad of you know, fabric options for you to get the firmness or the cushion that you're looking for. Yeah. So we took notes of the brands that allow us to do COM Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then to also interchange how comfortable people want to be or what their, what their comfort level is. Yes. And we take it from there, but we also have to do that from the retail side. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's um, so. So anyways, I know we're, um, you know, I think it's it's a value, a valuable conversation to have for people to hear what are the kinds of challenges that designers face in terms of, you know, selecting comfortable furniture yeah. that's suitable for everyone. I wouldn't be surprised if this was their sofa and she recovered it. Yeah. And so re- she had it reupholstered because they were in love with the comfort they, of this they, sofa. They just were. There's a, later yeah. later in our discussion, there's going to be another photo of, I think, the sofa in their living room. And they, they acknowledged that they did recover uh, oh, okay. that sofa. Okay. Um, Christian, let me see the next uh, next two photos. All right. <laughs> Ah, okay, okay. Um, so, so there's the fireplace. In my opinion, a fireplace just says comfort, even on a hot day, when there's a fire in the fireplace, it just says this is a place to sit down and hang out. I think this is a cool fireplace because it's that sort of ribbon style of fireplace. It's a very neat and contemporary look. Um, I I get the impression that this was something that was added in their home that it wasn't there before um but i i just thought it was a really nice feature that they that they had in their home um and uh you know there's a there's a couple of designers i know that just feel like um they could kind of overlook the fireplace and just say well you you know paint it if that's if it's that standard issue brick just paint it white or paint it Mm -hmm. a color that coordinates Fireplaces. I, you're in North Carolina. The climate there is milder, a little milder mm-hmm. than it is uh, where I'm from, uh, just outside of New York City. Um, how important are fireplaces to projects that you're working on? So I think they have been increasingly more important these mm. days, just because when you leave them alone, they stick out like a sore, sore <laughs> thumb. Um, a black box in the lower half of a wall. 
Yeah, you're like, oh, I designed this whole room and then, oh, I left the fireplace alone. Yeah. And then you're like doing the install and you're going like, oh my gosh, we had, so my very first, my very first project taught me so much. Uh, My very first project, the fireplace, we ended up removing the mantle. Ah. To, um, and I had hired in a trade to do some German schmear on the fireplace. Sure, yeah. So I did not leave the fireplace alone, right? And then we go to put the mantle back and the husband had thrown it in the trash. (laughs) So all the photography was um, a mantle-less fireplace. Very pretty, but it looked very strange. And something about this fireplace is underwhelming for me. Yeah, it's... um... On some level, the scale looks a little—I don't know—just a little bit off to me. Um, Give me your opinion. Well, you and I have spoken about this, but Mm -hmm. share with the listeners your opinion of—and I'll—I'll weigh in too—the artwork above the fireplace. Um, Christian, can you share that picture up there? As that picture is loading, I will say it's so. I think there's a disjointedness from this fireplace and the built-ins that are on the side of it. Mm. Like, even though they're in the same um, paint color. Right. And the stone color is very similar to um, what's happening here. Yes. In California, I've seen these built-ins. And I think that um, those were there, at least those top pieces. Yes. Um, And maybe they refreshed it with the bottom piece I'm not sure um but I think the built-ins in the fireplace are telling two different Mm. stories that's interesting Um, yeah that's interesting but I agree with you I think that the Mm -hmm. you can almost see it from that angle that the two levels are are different so it's incongruent um back Mm -hmm. to what we were saying earlier about wanting to be clutter free um I think I think a person's eye this is my design mm-hmm. opinion. Your eye mm-hmm. reads that those incongruent lines almost the way we see dandruff on a black sweater. Um, yeah. It's distracting. It's just yeah. it's, you know like, yeah. why is that there? So yeah, it's I think um, from a de- design like a strictly design perspective, visual similar to what you're saying here mm-hmm. is. There's one thing to consider what this new fireplace and mantle and the built-ins, how they're going to look when they're completely empty. Ah, yes. And I don't think that there was a strong consideration for how their personal things were going to <laughs> tie into it. Sure. Because the things that are also on the shelf are so tiny <laughs> yes. that um, it just looks like a that... bunch of, you know, intentional pieces. Right. Um unintentionally laid out (laughs) Um, and I think and so I've I'm let me say this and looking at this space I was hesitant to go like I ain't trying to piss off Auntie Viola (laughs) (laughs) right and 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 I also don't want to like um just kind of like bash a design because there's a designer behind that like you say yes. on social media like don't be trolling people because it's a human behind like the post like I know there's a designer behind here. absolutely but I also had to kind of do a little bit of digging because there are in my opinion 
levels to when you first start out, what your designs look like yes. and how you grow and how you tighten up certain things after you take a step back. Right. And I think this project is what we're seeing from the designer um, that they hired. And I did a bit of research and she's actually, um, she got her start in set design and production design. Oh. And I'm like, which is different sense. than how people live. Yes, that makes a whole lot of sense because, I mean, we had our, uh, we're in 2023 now. So 2021, we had our very first production mm-hmm. gig Yes, um, for, a mo- for a short film that was um, shot in Chicago. And everything plays in the background to where it's flat. Yes. Right. Yes. Like it's there. You know, it's there. It can stand out, but it can't be the main character. So it's providing and, context, not really. Um, yeah. It's not really intended to be lived in. Yeah. It's not intended to be lived in, which I think speaks to the boreholes mm-hmm. that are still very visible <laughs> in that mm-hmm. bookcase, in that uh, built in. Yes. And so even like I'm a fan of clients being able to move their shelves around. Yes. Um, but go get some borehole covers to cover it to, up to while cover they it up. are not moving. That's yeah. really interesting. So, so listeners, this is not something that I talked about in in introducing um, uh, Ashley, but Ashley has experience in set design. So, as someone who has that experience, you you recognize that almost immediately when you saw these yeah. pictures. Interesting. Yeah. I recognize interesting. it and how flat the built-in and fireplace sit. Mm-hmm. Like it's um their personal things are there. And right. when you produce a set for production, you are I don't know if that sentence just makes sense. Let's let's rethink that. <laughs> but when you create this I know what space <laughs> for film or television, it is meant to live in the background. Right. Right. It's right. not meant to be the conversation piece right and you don't I engage think, with this on a regular yeah, basis sure I think that's where it fell fell a little flat she probably saw that and then went searching for that art that's from mm. our house so and, so you and I did talk about this yeah. that art um uh Christian can you show that again and listeners and or viewers you probably are seeing these things more readily than I am which is why you keep hearing me um uh, prompting Christian but Anyways, that artwork, I am familiar with it. Um, yeah, in the yeah. in the uh, in what they're saying, they're saying it's very dramatic. It is dramatic. It does come from our house. Um, mm-hmm. It is. It's it's probably relatively popular with those um, those those folks selecting furniture and furnishings from our house. Uh, this mm-hmm. was also used um, prominently by uh, designer Everick Brown. Um, in a, a, the firehouse project of the Kaleidoscope project. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I first saw the piece. Um, and, and his full-on sponsor for that project was our house. So when I saw it, I took a double take and I thought, wow, um, I would have, I would have, as a designer, looked for a, a piece that was um, original or unique as, as you know, in, in other words, a one of a kind piece instead of something that's likely going to show up in a variety of different yeah. um, private residences. I think that speaks to like knowing, like fully knowing a who your client is, yes. right? And the experiences of your client. This feels like I know who my client 
I know my client, right? Sure. But then I have a surface level understanding of her experience mm-hmm, or of mm-hmm. their experience. That's what this feels like for me yeah. because this piece is is way too accessible, I feel like, to be in the, the focal point of this I, home. I fully agree. I think... Yeah. I think um, that's the framing it comes in also. <laughs> like, yeah. that's one of the framing options. So it's that, like... Man, I mean, custom frame it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do something to make it look different. You know, she was uh, Viola Davis was um, shooting um, the movie. The name of the movie escapes me right this. Uh, Woman King. Woman King. So Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, sometimes I look at that and I think, oh, it almost it it could almost be mistaken for yeah costuming from a very important Mm -hmm. movie. Uh, and certainly as an artist, um, who couldn't be proud of, you know, the performance and also the costuming. I just, I, I just, I'm also, I do a lot of work with clients on uh, building a, a curated art collection. Mm-hmm. And I probably wouldn't have selected something off the wall at our, our house. Yeah. For- I mean, I think that's also to the point to like a nod to the designer also is her in this space now having to recognize that I get, if I get another client like Viola Day, if I get another black client, yes, I'm going to have to a increase my understanding of where I can find these things, where I can source for things that are not so accessible. Correct. Um, potentially the meaning yes. of these things yes. as well, because like I'm familiar with this and I shop a different um, photographer. This sure. is a, a, a gentleman. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but there is, I was looking for it to, to see, but the meaning behind like the, the excess of jewelry here yes. is, um, is communicating wealth yes. within their yes. tribe. Yes. And so it's obviously like the, spot on a beautiful representation for Julius and Viola, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it works. It's just something that they could have gotten on their own. Yeah. And for me, that's a drawback when you hire a designer. It's like, I want to see something that I've never you know, seen before. Yeah. I don't want to ins- shop the window. <laughs> I want, you know, I want you to feel me something yeah. that doesn't look like I could have done this done this myself and I think this also speaks to um Viola and Julius I'm gonna bet my bottom dollar this is the first time they hired an interior designer it seems like it because um when they talked a little bit about it they were saying you know it's it's almost the way they said we hired a designer that suggested like this is the first time we've done this and you know clearly they're they're essentially pleased with Mm-hmm. It and I mean certainly look it's an architectural digest but um, yeah. you know this is one of those things where um, and and as designers we often ask clients have you worked with an interior designer before yeah um, what was yeah. your experience working with that designer because we're seeking to provide you with um, a different experience certainly an enhanced different experience than mm-hmm. perhaps what um, what they'd had before. Um, so that's the beautiful part of design though, too. Yes. Yes. You literally, there's an interior designer for everybody. Like everyone there's, 
legitimately no reason for us to be in competition with each other. Correct. Just off the strength that you will always find someone whose needs you can meet. Yes. Yes. Right. And I think had they gone with someone else, they, I think had they gone with someone else who understands, has firsthand experience of their experiences, yes. I think that it would have produced um, obviously a different design concept, but I think that it would have, like, I'm, and this is not to say that they were not blown away because they, they seem incredibly oh, happy. Oh, yeah. With they it. said they felt she captured who they were, I think is what yeah, Viola said. Yeah. But I think that there are levels to capturing who people are. I agree. So yeah. I feel like there's a, there are deeper people in there. Yeah. Um, I think than, it would have been a soul touch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. For someone soul else. Touch. This exactly. A, yeah. Exactly. This is a life, a life, a life touch. Yeah. 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 Um, let's move on to the um, there's a bar and I'm I you can't actually tell the layout of the house, but I am assuming that that bar is either adjacent to um, the 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 den family room mm-hmm. um, and kind of leads you into the kitchen. I thought it was a, a you know, it's, it's a very simple, straightforward piece. I often say to my clients um, your living space is likely where you're going to entertain. Um, and, and while many of us cannot have, you know, a, a fully laid out bar with a, you know, wine uh, storage, you know, underneath, I do think that having having your bar set up close by, even even if you're not using it in the moment, it conveys entertainment. It contain it, it conveys fun. It communicates this is where we relax and enjoy conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought was really, really great about um, that bar. The The other thing that I thought, and, and you know, the, the, the cabinetry isn't what captures my attention. The two things that they talked about um, were the tile um, mm-hmm. on the backsplash. They, I, I understand that they explained that, that it, it came from France. Um, yeah. I am someone who likes... Um, my sister often says this. She said, oh, you like everything shiny. I do. I do like a little glamour in a room. And so the silver leaf definitely got my attention. It's sort of like a scalloped silver leaf. And I think that mm-hmm. really looks interesting. Um, and they talked a little about the um, the beaded figurine sculptures that yeah. um, sort of represent them. Tell me what you thought about that space, the bar space. Yeah, I, I don't think I saw this angle um, initially or focused that mm-hmm. that much on the angle because they were like I think like you said you can't really tell the layout correct um but I was so excited about the tile I was so excited yeah. that I don't know you know if they found it in a place in California and <laughs> the place from California told them that it was from Paris or she went and sourced this from Paris right whatever the story was it looks so pretty it looks so authentic yes. to um, the story that they're telling behind it. And I think it's going to be like a conversation piece. And this is what I'm speaking to of like, they would not have been able to go out and get this on their correct, own. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So this was, this felt, this felt special to me. I think the, um, the beaded figurines or something that people are going to hate me on this podcast. Marilyn. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Remember, this is, a, this, this is design reaction. The goal is. here is to, Listen to and hear your reaction and perspective. Yeah. Okay. So I have like a two-sided 
like love affair with the beaded figurines. I absolutely, my first thought was that like, oh, they, this is like the stuff you see on your way back from Jamaica in the airport. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then when you got closer and you could see that it was them, I was like, oh, now that's special. Now that I can see, because I've never seen any of the vendors on my travels offer to customize the beaded figurines. So then I was like, I love it. Right. Right. I wasn't sure about it at first, but I came around. It's not my house. <laughs> but I do I do enjoy I do enjoy it now. Um yeah, but the tile, the figurines, I think the glass, um, being able to see completely through yes. that top, the top um storage. I love that. I love the idea that um the handles I would have wanted to see something a little more more, funky yeah yeah something a little more dramatic it's a smaller space so Mm -hmm. if you did something that was unusual outlandish lavish in terms of Mm -hmm. expense you could afford to do that in that space yeah primarily because it is smaller it is a more kinetic space you're probably passing through a lot but Mm -hmm. you could sort of make it you could do something that would even complement, you know, the uniqueness of the tile. I don't know that uniqueness is a word either, but I think a little grass it. cloth, ooh, ooh, wallpaper, yes. would have made this feel um, more of like an experience, yes, in a bar, yes, um, in an entertaining space mm-hmm. rather than like a um, like a little butler pantry nook. Correct. Is what I'm grab- gathering. That it and does have like, that butler's yeah. pantry vibe to it. No, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, we're coming to next the kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. And so listeners, if you're new to me um, or if you know me personally, um, you know that the bulk of my career I spent as a kitchen designer. Um, and so I was kind of excited to see what this kitchen was going to be like. It is a white kitchen um and there's a lot of white kitchens out there in the world so my I favorite was... are the pendants yes i'm obsessed with the pendants those pendant lights are yeah. everything in this space mm-hmm. i do think they're gorgeous i um that in fact i think that the pendants stand out in a way that sort of you know it they wouldn't stand out as much if there was, you know, something else going on with the cabinetry. I do love mm-hmm. those pendants. Tell me when you first saw when you first saw the kitchen, was your eye drawn to that first or did you take more of an overall look? Yeah, my eye drew obviously to the very expensive appliances <laughs> there. <laughs> love those. Um, they're yeah. given their, uh, what is it, Fisher and... and palette I, 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 fisher pikel fisher and pikel mm-hmm. yes. yes that's what it's giving me it's giving me luxury there absolutely the my eye drew to them because as large as i believe this island is they could have easily done three smaller three. in scale pendants, yes. but yes. them going with the two and those oversized um completely transparent like bulbs on them they i think chef's kiss yeah pun intended yeah. <laughs> uh and then the greenery um i love that it seems to be um 
in one space. Yes. But kind of lavish because mm-hmm. I think it speaks to the outside, the exterior of their home. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the ivy that they have coming down. And I think it's ivy. So the other thing that um, struck me about this kitchen, and, and you touched upon it, is that this is such a large island. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, overscaled. It reminds me of something that I see often in European kitchens. And, and I can't tell by the photograph, but I can't tell if, if you can actually sit at that island or if it really is um, for storage and working. Um, either mm-hmm. way, I mean, I think it's it's beautiful and it's really well done. Um, again, we're not physically inside their house. It does seem that the there are a couple of spaces, and this is one of them, where um, there's angles, sort of tight angles towards the back of the kitchen. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that could be a challenging thing for someone designing um, the kitchen. But they talked about the fact that um, when they entertain, when they have people over, no matter how much they try to encourage people to kind of be in other parts of the house, that Mm -hmm. everyone ends up in their kitchen. Um, And I think that speaks to the quality of the design of that space. Um, Mm -hmm. They talked about the fact that at a recent Thanksgiving, um, everyone was was in the kitchen. Yes, that they had a dance party, which that just made me smile. Um, I'm I'm sure people everywhere enjoy being in the kitchen, but I know our people, we, we... we do like yeah. to dance. I mean, a good song comes on, and I've been known to burn a cake. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this does seem more like a work kitchen, though. I yeah. don't think this is an island to pull up because the right side of it um, has a sink, correct? And a dishwasher, yes. and then a sub zero fridge on the um, opposite side mm-hmm. of it, and then mm-hmm. the opposite side of the island has the stove. So there's nowhere to sit. That's probably why the dance party ensued because there's no way to sit. You can't. So people were standing up. They were like, well, we're standing. So we might as well, might as well be moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I too, I thought this was, um, I always think that the, the kitchen is something of a highlight in a home. And this one definitely, I think, is, is a highlight. I truly appreciate your joining me for this episode of Design Reaction. I hope you learned something new through our stories or were inspired by our descriptive observations of the newest things happening in design, decor, and fine art. Both audio and video for this show are recorded and engineered by Cube Recording Studios in Montclair, New Jersey. The original music for our show is produced by Cube Recording Studios as well. If you enjoy Design Reaction, please subscribe and invite your friends to listen. I'm Marilyn Laverne, Principal Designer of Marilyn Laverne Interiors, a full-service interior design studio working with luxury-seeking clients everywhere. Visit MarilynLaverne.com to see the portfolio of our work. And then if you're interested in design services, book a discovery call using the tab on our website. Until next time, continue discovering your reaction to design. I'm Marilyn Laverne.